Tis a gala night, within the lonesome latter years, an angel throng, bewinged, bedight, in veils and drowned in tears, sit in a theater to see a play of hopes and fears, while the orchestra breathes fitfully the music of the spheres. Mimes, in the form of God on high, mutter and mumble low, and hither and thither fly, mere puppets they who come and go a bidding of vast formless things that shift the scenery to and fro, flapping from out their condor wings, invisible woe. That motley drama, oh be sure, it shall not be forgot, with its phantom chased forevermore by a crowd that sees it not, through a circle that ever returneth in to the selfsame spot, and much of madness and more of sin and horror the soul of the plot. But see, amid the mimic rout, a crawling shape intrude, a blood-red thing that writhes from out, the scenic solitude. It writhes, it writhes, with mortal pangs, the mimes become its food, and seraphs sob at vermin fangs, in human gore imbued. Out, out of the light, out all, and over each quivering form, the curtain, a funeral pall, comes down with the rush of a storm, while the angels, all pallid and wan, Uprising, unveiling, affirm that the play is the tragedy, man, and its hero, the Conqueror Worm. Edgar Allan Poe, The Conqueror Worm. The script says, It is a shapeshift of a kind that our mind cannot entirely make sense of, like a computer animation of a four dimensional shape casting a three dimensional shadow, a vector cube that unfolds and refolds from within itself, its interior indefinable becoming its exterior. In this case, it is the doctor's skin that is unfolding and refolding. Her face splits open like a starfish. From out of the starfish, multiple circles of radiating objects emerge. Gold orbs, each with unique radiating mandelbrot-like ferns. The rainbow ferns radiate ever-increasing size and complexity. The concentric circles are endless. The sense of expansion becomes vast. Until the mesh of immense structural detail becomes the mesh of undulating cilia on skin. But Dr. Ventress is gone. In the film, Ventress chokes out light into the air. It spreads across the ceiling of this chamber beneath the lighthouse. Immediately, we angle on Lena, close, framed between the light tunnel exit and dark alcove, eyes and mouth open, awed. Then back to Ventress, wide. Light like fire erupts from her mouth in bursts. Motes of light float out away from her around the chamber, a rainbow-hued wave of light comes down to her left. Anglonlina, second seven, and that same wave seems very close to her on the right. The light itself seems alive. Second ten, Ventress. Light still bursting from her mouth, but her flesh glowing. Light, like an unsteady sea, surrounds her. Beat. Wider, second fifteen. The light like waves and universes and stars fills the chamber, dwarfing both Ventress and Lena. Inexplicably on this cut, Lena is now behind and to the right of Ventress, and the tunnel exit seems lost. Ventress's body glows and erupts into light. Second 19, close on Ventress. From the waist up, she is little more than light, and that light dissipates, stripping upward into the larger chaos. All the light coalesces, and the entire frame is filled with light. Bright. Harsh. But it warms, 
and dissipates into darkness again, in which we see motes of light floating about. Camera pans left to Lena's face. Extreme close-up. Her eyes reflect the alien light. One glob of light splits into two as it passes before Lena's face. Cellular division of light. Then another does the same. Wider shot, second 41. The various bits of light are drawn to the left, one by one, toward the center of the chamber. Second 48, wide shot. Lena at right, but Ventress is gone. The script says where she stood, there is a shape. The alien. A being. An uncoalescing, fracturing form. Made of light and ice, liquid, endless refractions. Close within these deliquescing shapes, a creature from the world of electron microscope images. Surrounded by radiating impressions of infinitely smaller versions of itself. The Mandelbulb. A three-dimensional fractal, like the one constructed by Daniel White and Paul Nylander in 2009. Daniel White explains on Skytopia.com. Quote, Timestamp, August 11, 2009. The original Mandelbrot is an amazing object that has captured the public's imagination for 30 years with its cascading patterns and hypnotically colorful detail. It's known as a fractal, a type of shape that yields, sometimes elaborate, detail forever, no matter how far you zoom into it. Think of the trunk of a tree sprouting branches, which in turn split off into smaller branches, which themselves yield twigs, etc. End quote. Andrew Whitehurst, Visual Effects Supervisor. And then the physical structure of the shimmer on the outside. Once we'd started designing the, the alien itself, and we, we used a 3D fractal form called a Mandelbulb as our basis for this alien creature, and that creates these interesting, almost gothic structures just by the nature of the way that the equations work. Those are the shapes that it produces. We were able to use those and warp those and unwrap those to create this sort of wall around the most outer extent of the shimmer. When you first see the shimmer, that's what you're looking at, is this mathematical structure that is then echoed at other points throughout the film, but is finally resolved in the, in the alien that's encountered at the chamber at the end. Alex Garland director right from the beginning our conversations were hugely centered around the form of the alien and the nature of the alien and the way the form is informed by the nature of the alien we wanted something that sort of made sense when you saw it but at the same time didn't make sense and there's some shapes in mathematics that are very interesting like that so we looked and looked and eventually we found an app and the app constructed a three-dimensional version of a 2D mathematical conceit which is a shape, the Mandelbrot set which is a fractal shape and the 3D version of it is a Mandelbulb and when you move that around it moves in a way that, is, that feels organic but is also mathematical and is hard uh, or, or impossible really to predict in terms of its movements and yet sort of makes sense whilst not making sense. So that was everything we wanted. Andrew Whitehurst. Our object, our creature is not perfectly a Mandelbulb. We took a Mandelbulb and then we did some things to it because again it had a narrative function that it needed to serve so it needed to have some sort of aperture in the front of it which Mandelbulbs naturally don't. We tried to make it slightly ambiguous as to whether it was smoky or solid and we added light sources within it, so art department were able to build a sort of fiberglass glowing mandelbulb that sat on a stick in the middle of the room. So again, for framing up shots, we had something there. Alex Garland. So we constructed the the uh, 
the thing from a mandel bulb outwards, basically. The being is spherical, but coming to a sort of point on the side facing Lena. There, a hole contains all the light. The outside is fluid, moving out from that hole to the back continuously. Camera trucks around to the right as the inside of that small hole of light peels back into more complex shapes. Fractal, moving, reproducing. Lena takes a small step forward as camera comes around almost behind her, and the light, like a pupil, grows. The script says Lena and the being gaze at each other for a few hypnotic seconds. A giant, alien thing, like a singular, enlarged, and deformed, and deforming eye, staring at Lena, who stares right back. Second 57, angle past the mandelbulb. Its waves of shape coalesce into a singularity at its rear. Lena, dwarfed by this thing, still stares. The tunnel exit behind her. Camera trucks around to the right, slowly. Lena starts to move forward, and time runs out for this minute. We spoke. What was it we said? Wordlessly watching, he waits by the window and wonders at the empty place inside. Annihilation. Annihilation. 